We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's August. That means we have so much going on in Kansas City sports. We're going to talk about all of it right here on The Best of Everything presented by Charlie Hustle. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, guys? This is Michaela Bennett, and I am the host of The Best of Everything, presented by Charlie Hustle. We're just going to get right into it with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. We are in training camp right now. We are going to be preparing for the first preseason game very, very soon. Obviously, season is just around the corner. And Matt and Craig, they talked a little bit about the Cincinnati Bengals this week, and they talked about what that means for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Are the Bengals a contender? Can the Chiefs beat them? The heartbreaking loss that the Chiefs suffered last year in the AFC Championship was something that, you know, most fans don't want to even remember. I know I don't half the time. But with the KC Laboratory, the guys talked about the Bengals, their strength of their roster. Is this a team that the Chiefs should be worried about right now? They have a lot to talk about. We are talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. This is week 13, Chiefs at Bengals. Maddie, I I mean, we're just going to dive right into it. Cincinnati Bengals quality of roster. How do you feel about this? It's good. It's It's a very good roster. I don't know if I think it's as good of a roster as some of the teams the Chiefs face earlier in the year. I know they went to the Super Bowl, so it sounds kind of silly to say, but I think they have a good a very good even roster, but not a great roster. And I think that played out last year. That's how come every single playoff game they played last year, every single game they played against good teams became one score games that were decided in the final half of the fourth quarter. And they just played elite situational football, which is good. That doesn't take away from them as a team, but roster talent wise, 
they have some significant holes along the offensive line. I think their you know front seven has a good collection of players, but I don't know if they always play as this top end unit. Like I don't think it's a dominant unit anywhere there. And the secondary has again Jesse Bates, great player. Mike Hilton was really good for him last year, but I don't know if together they just make this dominant unit like we've seen out of some of the teams earlier. So good to very good roster. I just think their success came more on the back of elite situational football, a good combination of coaching with the talent that they had, and it kind of created a special season. The Bengals having a big slide this year based on that talent, based on some of the 50-50 natures of their games or plays or drives that they had, I could definitely see them taking some serious regression and then all of a sudden even calling them a very good roster in terms of talent. Makes sense. We forget this team, I understand they lost a quarterback, but two years ago, this team was really bad. Like really, mm-hmm. really bad. So to call them, you know, a top, top end talented team after just one extra draft, that seems a bit rich to me. So, you know, like I said, I put them in the top 10 in terms of talent, but definitely not the top five. Obviously, the Bengals have some things to work out and the Chiefs have a great quarterback. We all know that the whole NFL knows that. But another team that is looking at their quarterback position and might have like found something that they actually love which is a very big surprise is KU so the guys in booth review they talk about KU's quarterback position what they're looking for this year what they can expect they have their guy um so let's get into it you got to hear from uh Lance Leipold uh in his second year at, at Kansas the head coach of the Jayhawks and uh I mean, you know, obviously there's not a ton to overreact to with, you know, there's not a ton of clips. There's not as many clips of, of KU football right now as there are of like the Chiefs going on right now. Obviously, those practices are contained. That's the same across the board for everybody in college football. You're not, there's not open practices. Get to see a few. We saw Tanaka Scott making a phenomenal catch. But I think the takeaways and some of the stuff you kind of, you know, you lean on a little bit is, you know, Lance Leipold had his press conference today. Also, they had, you know, a 12-minute video at practice today as well as, you know, uh, Matt Gildersleeve, I believe, talked as well. Uh, any just takeaways off the top from, from Lance Leipold's uh, press conference today? Well, look, uh, having been in beat media for a long time, the first day of practice was always like, you get all these reporters coming in, used to be myself, asking questions, and then have coaches be like, guys, it's the first day of practice. We don't know anything. Um I think the biggest thing to go back to the quarterback thing was Lance Leipold. I I mean, at big 12 media day, he kind of dropped the charade of a quarterback competition. You know, they brought Jalen Daniels first of all. So that was a a pretty good sign. He was going to be the starter. I think the only other time it's been a more fictitious quarterback battle was Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler when Lincoln Riley was like, no, it's a, you know, he kept saying it was competition and then finally just kind of had to name him. But uh, look, so I think we knew it was going to be Jalen Daniels then. But for him to actually say it on the first practice, and he even kind of quipped that, like, you can write, Leipold says he expects Jalen Daniels to start. Um, that's not something Kansas has had, even when Kansas has thought it has had the guy. And actually, I'd argue more often than not, when Kansas thinks it has a quarterback in the first practice, that guy ends up losing the quarterback competition. Um, that was certainly the case when Carter Stanley beat out Thomas McVitie, the guy they, you know, brought in to win the job. Um it was kind of almost the case last year with Jason Bean, who probably doesn't win the quarterback battle if uh, his competition doesn't get injured, giving him the chance to even get back into it after he was probably third on the depth chart. So, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit of a different feel with the quarterback spot. And I think that was my big takeaway that 
Lance Leipold has a quarterback he actually likes, and at Kansas, that's not common. Obviously, everyone's super excited about football season. We got college football right around the corner. As you can see, KU's got some exciting stuff going on. But some former Chiefs players, Mike DeVito, Eric Hicks, and Jeff Allen all sat down on one-on-one -on -one this week to talk about their training camp, what their time was like in the NFL, and what their time was like playing for Coach Dick Vermeil, because obviously he's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So they sat down, talked a little bit about things, how hot it was in training camp, what it was like actually from a player's perspective, and gave us a little bit of their insight. I'm curious, Eric. So when uh, when we played in the Jets that, that year in 2007, that was the hardest training camp of my career, that 2007 Eric Mangini training camp in New York. What did, what did that – now, and obviously, as my career went on, the, the rules changed. You can only have one practice a day and yada, yada, yada. And so things got easier just by the structure of it. Um, but what did, that, what did that training camp compare – how did that compare to the training camps you had in Kansas City, specifically at Rookie like, I'm curious, like, was that as hard or as I thought it was? Or was it just me being a rookie? No, it was difficult. And you can remember how hot it was in Hempstead that summer. Um, and, you know, we wore black shoes and black spat and, and all that. And feel like your your feet are melting. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that was a hard one. Um, I'll bring In a second, I'll bring up which one I thought was harder. But, yes, you're right. My rookie year training camp was very hard. <laughs> I played five preseason games. Uh, we were in camp for like seven. Uh, we we went to Japan. We uh, went to Norman, Oklahoma to play. And it almost seemed like that was never going to end. And I thought I was going to die until, until Dick Vermeil's first training camp. <laughs> and if, for anybody who's ever seen the movie Invincible, it, it was like that, but with better high quality video. <laughs> it, it was flat brutal and i love coach for, i love coach for i'm going to see him get inducted in the hall of fame this week but um that first training camp he put on was uh we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The guys just love to talk about their time in the NFL, which I mean, who wouldn't? Reliving those athletic moments is 
one of the best things. But Marleya also sat down this week on our stories with Christy Cluster Burrett to talk about her time as a track star and what her life became after all the adversity. She talks about a little bit about all the things that she went through and how it's helped her become a better coach and what she wished she would have told herself way years ago. So Christy's going to explain it herself so that I don't have to. Honestly, I don't think the gravity of it all has really hit me until now I'm an adult and looking back, it seems like a different person, but now coaching and watching my kids do athletics. Now I realize, Oh, okay. That was kind of special. That was a really cool accomplishment. (laughs) I'm waiting for the movie. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. What, um, if you could go back and, and, talk to the younger version of yourself what what would you tell her when when uh she was going through all of that um first of all to advocate better for myself um you know i felt like there were multiple times throughout my athletic career where things didn't feel right and um being raised i was raised in a catholic school and you always respected your elders you just took what you were supposed to do and you did it and you did it to the best of your ability and you didn't complain. Um, So I guess I would tell my younger self to speak up when you sense anything off, even in your own body. If you feel like the training's not working, if you feel like a coach or a doctor or being inappropriate, it doesn't matter that they're a coach or a doctor. If they're being inappropriate, you've got to find someone to speak up to. You shouldn't have to handle that alone. And, yeah. you know, as far as it's for runners, you know, with mileage, if it's not working for you, be adamant and say, I listen, I'll work hard, but I can't do 80 miles a week. That's not going to work for me. And just yeah. have those open conversations and, and be authentic. Chrissy's got a great story where she overcomes so much adversity and she talks a lot about how if something's not working for you, you just got to change it. You got to be honest with yourself, got to make some different moves. And that brings me into my next point with the Kansas City Royals and the MLB trade deadline. And they made some moves and some things just weren't working for them. So they decided to go in a different direction. And Joel and Jacob sat down on One Royal Away this week to talk about the trade deadline. Were they surprised by anything? Were they you know, hoping that there would be some different moves made. Well, we're going to look into it right now. So the trade deadline has come and gone. I did a live reaction show on Tuesday, about an hour after the deadline. The Royals made a few moves. They made three trades uh, within like the day of before the deadline. And then on the day of, they traded uh, Emmanuel Rivera to the Arizona Diamondbacks for uh, Luke Weaver, pitcher, uh, who is likely going to be a reliever for the Royals, possibly works his way into the rotation next year. The big move was trading Whit Merrifield to the Toronto Blue Jays for Samad Taylor and Max Castillo. Uh, Taylor is a middle infielder. Max Castillo is a pitcher. They're both currently in Omaha. Castillo probably works his way to Kansas City at some point before the end of the year. And then they also traded backup catcher Cam Gallagher to the San Diego Padres for outfielder Brent Rooker. So not anything flashy, nothing nothing crazy, but they made the, some of the necessary moves they needed to make by trading Andrew Benintendi and by trading Whit Merrifield, and then the, you got the couple ancillary ones by trading Rivera and Gallagher, two that I wasn't expecting but felt like kind of obvious moves in hindsight. But what, what were some of your thoughts on what the Royals did at the deadline? 
Um, yeah, you, you really have to focus on what they did instead of what they didn't do. Um, I know I was on trade deadline day. I was clamoring, you know, seeing the returns on some of these relievers. I was like, hey, go go knocking on some doors. Let's get Barlow out the door and let's get some of these top prospects as well. But that 11th hour trade of Whit Merrifield, I think, really made the trade deadline a kind of a, a wash. You know, I had some positive things. Um, you got some people out the door. I really like the return from Airfield, honestly. I think yes. Castillo is, is an underrated return. Um, I was talking to some guys who covered the Toronto Blue Jays, and Castillo was sent down so that they could stretch him out into a starter. So I think he has a very good chance of you know cracking that rotation, especially with a lot of question marks on the Royals. But I, I, it wasn't great. It wasn't awful. It was an okay trade deadline in my view. That's about how I feel about it. I, I'm not trying to focus too much on what they didn't do. I felt like they could have done more, but they made they made two necessary moves they needed to make, and to me, that's fine. Like- the Kansas City Royals are obviously a bit of a ways away from the World Series, like they were in 2015. But this group of young guys is still very fun to watch and support. I'm even wearing my Crown Town top right now, made by Charlie Hustle, the one and only. And any of the shirts that you saw on any of us host, they are made by Charlie Hustle. So check them out. You can get one for yourself. But we will be here every single Saturday talking about everything Kansas City sports. So whether you're a Mizzou fan, a Royals fan, KU, K-State, or of course, the Chiefs, we got you covered. I will be here every single Saturday. I am Michaela Bennett, and this is the best of everything.